This is exactly right. If you're a fan of meticulously crafted worlds that reimagine every little detail, then you'll enjoy the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Host Eric Malinsky spent over a decade working in public radio and uses those skills to create a sound-rich podcast that features interviews with Andy Weir, who wrote The Martian, the writers of hit TV shows like Star Trek Strange New Worlds, designers of games like Magic the Gathering, and the puppeteer who designed Miss Piggy. You can find Imaginary Worlds wherever you're listening to this podcast. Welcome to a bonus episode of I Saw What You Did. My name is Millie DeCherico. I'm Danielle Henderson. Yeah. (laughs) I'm Danielle Henderson. Yeah, nothing you can do about it. I'm Danielle Henderson. (laughs) (laughs) There's definitely nothing I can do about it because we're about to launch into a fine, fine mailbag. Holy shit. Y'all are killing it lately. Yeah. Oh, this like voicemail thing is possibly one of the best ideas our producer Casey has ever had. I know. I'm very excited about all of your audio recordings. Thank you for people who have been sending them in. And don't despair if you haven't heard it yet um, or at all. We will get to them maybe in a main feed episode or, you know, when the spirit hits us. That's right. And we're also still very thankful because it's the season of thanks um, for people who just like write in words, both virtually and in our uh, P.O. box. So we just thank everybody for their feedback. It's awesome. I could not agree more. Like, thank you for your reviews. Anyone who takes time to type something out or write something down, we love it. Yeah. I'll even thank the people who send us weird Facebook messages that I don't check very often because I don't look at Facebook very often. See, I'm not privy to any, I feel like I've left you in the abyss in that regard (laughs) because I do not have a Facebook account. So it's all on you. Well, let me just say this. So like, we actually have a really tight crew on Facebook, which is like, you know, really cool. And I love that. And I'm usually very attentive to the comments, you know, whenever we have a post. But the problem is when you send a message, it goes into this like side hole on Facebook. You know how it's like it it changes from the Facebook app to the Facebook Messenger app. Like you have to have a separate app to read I messages. I didn't know any of that shit. Yeah, it's dude. Not it's a, a side hole. Okay, well let's get into the emails and voicemails because we have a lot of good ones today. Okay, uh, our first email comes from Carol. This is not your grandma, by the way, right? Not this time. Okay, okay. I also loved her Halloween costume. Not for nothing. I meant to tell you that. It was a compromise. (laughs) You know that bitch wanted to be Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Oh, do do I? And I was like, you live in a fucking resident home with 90-year-old, 90-plus-year-olds. And she made me wheel her out when I put on her compromise mask, which is just a skeleton face. She made me wheel her out to the nurse's station to see who she could scare. (laughs) I love that. I love Carol. Thank you. <laughs> um, so this is another Carol who wrote in with an FMK called an 80s audio nightmare. Hello, ladies. I can't get this FMK out of my head, so I just had to share with the group. I'll keep this short and sweet and sum up the litany of compliments I have for each of you and the show and just say I love y'all. 
love Carol. Are you ready for this FMK? It's really just a one and done scenario. Yeah, I'm re- I'm ready. Okay, so fuck Mary Kill, Bobcat Goldthwait, Gilbert Godfrey, and Michael Winslow, but specifically as his character Larvell Jones in Police Academy. This has never been easier for me. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm struggling with at least one of these. But anyway, I want to hear what you have to say. I am fucking Bobcat Goldthwait. Mm. I'm marrying Michael Winslow, and I'm mm-hmm. killing Gilbert Gottfried. Wow. Okay, okay. Off um, the dome. And, and why, so why don't you show your work? Tell, tell us why this shook loose like this. Um, I'm going to fuck Bobcat Goldthwait because he's hot now. Mm. Like as a director and a, like, you know, someone who's not pounding cocaine and go. Yeah. In the 80s, I think it would have been a real fucking run situation. Because uh-huh. like if, the, if this is the 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 parameters we've we've been given <laughs> is an 80s audio nightmare. Yes. Then I would have I would have in the 80s. Me now, if I was in the 80s, would have probably have ended up in a situation where we were at a bar and it was fine. Yes. Like it just made sense in the moment. Um so I would fuck him. And, he, and again, he's hot now. Yes. Yes. He's a very attractive man. Uh, I'm going to kill Gilbert, Gilbert Gottfried. Rest in peace. Yes. Um, because his voice wasn't, like, the voice that he put on was so annoying to me yeah. that I can't even consider living with it or having it near my vagina. Like, imagine Gilbert Gottfried's mouth near your fucking vagina. Going, <laughs> rah, rah, rah. Like, it just, I can't. I can't. Sure. So sure. he's got to go. And Michael Winslow, I think, would be really fun to marry. Yeah. If not totally annoying, but very fun to marry because you would think there's like a SWAT team about to invade your house and it's just him in the kitchen. Yeah. With a cup. <laughs> so I think it would make for some like interesting days. You might, it might eventually end in you murdering him, but like it would be interesting until for as long as it lasted. Yeah, sure, sure. No, this this all makes sense. This is very, very solid answer to this Thanks. FMK. So off right off the dome, I will say I will also F Bobcat. And really probably even in the 80s, because um I thought he was hilarious in the 80s. Like, do you remember when he would do his Bono impression? Yes. I I, I was like formed by that as a child. Like, when he would imitate Bono singing With or Without You. Yeah. Like, that shit is so fucking funny to me. He's very funny. Yeah. He seemed very kind of like L.A. rocker adjacent, you know? So I was like, okay, cool. Like, I I, I think Bobcat's great. And he ha- he's made great movies, and he seems to like to be a cool person. Now, here's where I'm a little... Like, I'm going back and forth, but I think that I'm, I've, I've made my final decision. I'm actually going to do the opposite of you. I'm going to marry Gilbert and I'm going to kill Michael Winslow. I'm calling the NAACP I right know. now. Do you think I feel good about doing that? Killing one of our finest mouth impersonators? Uh, listen, I know. I mean, had they put the Micro Machines guy on here, I, we've been f- completely <laughs> fucked. Show your work, though. Show your work. Okay, so my my thing about Gilbert, and, and, it's, and I think this is just because I know a little bit about him outside of, like, his Aflac shit <laughs> is that he was really into old films and he was like, he's into like classic films and 
Gotcha. Old Hollywood. And I'm like, that that could be a life partner for me specifically, right? This is like when you drop the news that Vin Diesel is a nerd. Like, you just know shit about people's <laughs> lives that make the FMK so much richer and well, more rewarding. Like, <laughs> and, and here's the, but the real scoop is that Gilbert Godfrey truly shaped my childhood. Like, he, when he hosted USA Up All Night with Rhonda Shearer, yeah. In the 80s and 90s, that shit changed my life. It's the whole reason why I wrote the book, is the whole reason why I got into cult film and were, you know, did TCM Underground. It was completely influenced by like the shit that he did. So I was like, yes, he has an, an annoying voice, and like, you know, that's part of his comedy, and he, you know, whatever, like has done that to, you know, nth degrees sometimes. But just knowing the outside of that for me is like, oh, I'd marry that person because Aww. we have similar tastes and w- we could have like the best bookshelves of all time. And, you know, Aww. we would just be uh, a mar- a weird married couple um, well, that likes now old movies. I feel bad for now killing your, your potential <laughs> husband. <laughs> no. But you I can't know have the Affleck duck going down on me. I cannot have the <laughs> Affleck duck going down on me. I mean, that wouldn't happen for me either. <laughs> but it so, would if you married it. He wouldn't turn that shit off. He'd be like, let's watch this old movie, Affleck. And you're like, oh my God, you have to say that every time you have a fucking <laughs> orgasm. What is happening? This man is dead. I should shut up. I'm being so rude right now to the dead. I will speak ill of the dead, apparently. <laughs> I'm sure he's very much appreciate that. He's screaming Affleck while he comes. These these fucking bonus episodes are insane. He has heard and told worse. I'm telling you. (laughs) Wasn't he in the Aristocrats? Like he he knows a thing or two. I think. Also, oh my god, the last point I'll make about Gilbert Godfrey is that there was this picture going around of him on Instagram for like a couple months ago. This extremely young photo of him where he was hot as fuck. He looked like Cat Stevens in the 60s. I'm telling you. Really? Oh my God, I got to send it to you. Or maybe Casey can put it in the Slack where I was like, it was like a 20-year-old Gilbert Godfrey and he had like this afro and he had kind of like facial hair. And I was like, he was hot. Okay. So just throwing that out there. I believe you. The whole thing about Michael Winslow for me is just like, it was the last choice I had. I don't want to do it. I don't want to kill him. I also think too that maybe yeah you're right in a in a scenario where you know you're basically like chained to him for life and then he starts making like ambulance fucking noises in bed <laughs> while he's going down on you. I don't know. I like how this instantly goes to <laughs> Cotalingus. For every one of these, every single one of these dudes were like, how would they be going down? <laughs> Look, it's a metric we have to consider. Period. We just have to. And guess what? Guys in the 80s didn't even do that, to my knowledge. I don't think any anyone was getting anything but blowjobs in the 80s if Look. movies and, and, and music are any indication. Thank you, Carol, for the great yes. question. Appreciate made us it. think. Made us think a lot about being eaten out. Thanks, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not your intention, but you know us. We've been doing this for three years now. You get what you get. Um, Oh, my God. Somebody sent us a voicemail. And the subject matter is, is he hot or does he just have long hair? Hi, Danielle. Hi, Millie. Um, This is Other Millie from Austin, Texas. And I actually have another 
game for you guys to maybe play or maybe just talk about. Do whatever you will. But it's a game that I always play with my friends. It's called, Is He Hot or Does He Just Have Long Hair? And I constantly play this with guys that I've like started seeing or I have a little crush on and um you know it it's like half and half about the times um that I think they're cute but then they shave their head or they cut their hair and I'm get away so anyways um enjoy the game I have some examples and uh in the email for you guys to play if you want or create your own examples, whatever you want, whatever you will. Um, but yeah, I love your podcast. Bye guys. Thank you, other Millie. I mean, I'm definitely gonna entertain entertain this for this this bonus episode, but the answer for me is always he just has long hair. I've been oh. playing this game. I've been playing this game since the 80s. So I'm from the 80s. Long hair always makes somebody hotter to me. Yeah. So I will read some of the examples. I'll actually read all of them. I'll read all the examples that other Millie sent us. Mm. Adam Driver, Tom Hiddleston, Brendan Fraser, Keanu Reeves, mm. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. I and mean, we already know I only think Tom Hiddleston is hot when he has long hair and is covered in blood. Wait, I'm confused. So you said the question, okay, <laughs> I'm confused by this question. Like, he's, he's not hot. He just has long hair. So you're, okay, you're saying, though, that he's hot. Only with long hair. He's not hot to me, ever, until he has long hair and is covered in blood. Okay. So that is the game. Like, is this person actually hot? Like, if he shaved his head, would you still think he's hot? Or do you only think he's hot because he has long hair? Okay, because this this question is set up very similarly to... You know, this question that we posed many years ago when we first started the podcast, is it good or was I horny type of thing? Right. You know? And even back then, y'all were confused by that shit. So now I'm sitting here going, I'm, am I confused about what the question is, the structure of the question, which is, is he hot or does he just have long hair? Meaning, can this person be hot outside of their long hair? Yes. Okay. I see. I see. Like, because if Adam that, Driver shaves his head, he's not hot to me. Okay. I, I, okay. I get it. So, because I, when I'm going down this list that you just said, Adam Driver, Tom Hiddleston, Brendan Fraser, Ke- Keanu Reeves, Hugh Jackman, the only one for me that is hot perennially is Keanu. Absolutely. Right? I'll take Keanu anyway. I don't care if he's got two fucking milk lady braids going down his fucking... <laughs> head i whatever i don't care if he has skrillex hair i'll fucking date him he's hot in i love you to death when he's got that like half of his head is shaved but it looks like it was shaved by a lawnmower yeah he's still hot yeah i mean fucking point break fucking speed like i'm I'm gonna also say hugh jackman is hot i think he's he's actually hot yes when he has long hair he's hotter yes but i think even with that with short hair he's he's hot yeah. Well, and I just sent a picture in the chat of oh. Brendan Fraser because I, Danielle, oh, I'm yeah. not sure this, if this you is remember your favorite. this. This is your favorite picture. Oh, bar none. Like, <laughs> like of all time. <laughs> Brendan Fraser does not exist outside of his look and airheads to me. Completely. Like, this is like, I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, Steve Buscemi, I know that that's your boy. That's my boy. 
He's never looked hotter than he did in Airheads. And this picture that I just sent is proof. Even Adam Sandler is like extremely hot in this photo. We're, like, we're going to have to post this to social media or make this the episode photo. Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm going to tell you all right now, doesn't matter what your sexuality is, you're going to look at this photo from Airheads and you'll be like, I wish all of these gentlemen would run a train on me. <laughs> like, period. <laughs> like, this is like 94 hot grunge metal fucking hair on all three of these famous gentlemen <laughs> and they look incredible. So I'm like, yeah, in that case, I think Brendan Fraser is, is long hair. Yeah. He um, only has long hair. He's not hot. Tom Hiddleston. I'm sorry. I don't have much experience with Tom Hiddleston. Let me see if I can post a photo for you. Is he a, is he a Doctor Who person? No. Oh. <laughs> I love how you've missed his entire career. Career. Look, you know that that's what's going on with me. Some with some of these men. <laughs> he's like he's a Marvel person. He's Loki. Oh, he's um he's Loki. I thought you meant Loki. He's Loki. He's Loki, a Marvel person. Oh no, L-O-K-I. he's Loki. Okay, let me look up that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, mm. but mm. let me let me send you this pic. Let me put this in the chat. The chat is popping. This is going to be a hot chat. I know. Hot I'm chat. sorry. None, none of you can see the chat, but this is why we should do a, uh, I mean, this would be a reason to do a, um, what do you call it? What's the fucking app that Fart House is on? Discord? Discord. I guess this would be a Discord conversation. Oh, here we go. Okay. Let's say Covered in blood. Holding a sword. Oh, but he has short hair. But this is the only way I find him hot. Okay. And this is like long-ish hair. So okay. I think he's only hot with long hair or covered in blood. Yeah. That's the thing. I think the blood is certainly doing a lot. And also those like fucking Judas Priest cuffs that he's got on his... <laughs> and the sword and the black jeans. I mean, come on. This is a good look. This guy looks great. This is his only look. Yeah. This but should be I'm, his only look. I'm Googling low-key and I'm like, uh-uh. That ain't for me. I don't no. really know if I'm feeling that. So maybe that's that's another one where only, well, he looks good without long hair. Only. Is he hot or is he just covered in blood? Yes. So that's a whole different list, to be honest. And Adam Driver's going to throw, throw some of y'all. I like his big ears. I don't think it's the ears that makes it, if he has short hair, he's not hot. I think him having long hair makes him a whole different person to me. Like, when he has yeah. short hair, he's very, like, military, weird dude. With long hair, I feel like he's cooler. Which isn't fair to him at all. But I just like Adam Driver. I think he's not hot. He just has long hair. To find long hair, too. Because a lot of these photos, his hair is definitely at least below the ears. Yeah, I would say like chin length or lower is long yeah. hair for a guy. I mean, in God, in this one photo, he's completely shirtless and he has that Anton Chigurh hair, for God's yeah. sake. <laughs> he loves a even, bob. I don't even know. Yeah, he's got a bob at best. So I don't even think I've seen him with short, short hair anyway. Oh, you should Google Adam Driver military. Oh, Jesus. Intense. That's an intense young man. I don't know about this. That's what I mean. Not hot. Yeah. Just has long hair. Yeah. Okay. 
I still kind of don't get the question, and I know it's because we How created the rubric for it. How is it possible <laughs> you don't get the question? You've answered all of it. I mean, we we created this the rubric and the structure for this fucking question, <laughs> essentially, and I'm like, I don't get it. What? A- <laughs> but I hopefully, Millie, that there's an answer in there. <laughs> the, and the answer is most dudes are only. They're they're not hot. Most most of these dudes are not hot. They only yeah. have long hair. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Our chat looks like a playgirl, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this question is fucking awesome. <laughs> this next one is fucking awesome. I want to read it. It's from Ifa. Amazing name, by the way. Like seeing it spelled, man. Um, she, her pronouns. Uh, the title of it is called From Ireland, Shite Movie Club Recommendations. Hello from Ireland. I'm going to get right into it. <laughs> Myself and my husband started a shite movie night with friends a few months ago. Yes, you read that right. Once a month, we get together and watch movies that are so bad, they're brilliant. We take turns picking the movies, and so far we have watched The Great Wall. Matt Damon, as an Irishman, we think, but really, what was that accent? In Ancient China with Aliens and Pedro Pascal, say no more. Reign of Fire with Matthew McConaughey, hey, hey, fighting dragons. <laughs> Wild Mountain Time, spoiler alert, Jamie Dornan gives Emily Blunt the runaround because he thinks he's a bee. <laughs> Worth the viewing for Christopher Walken's Irish accent alone, better than Damon's, in my opinion. Velocipaster? <laughs> Priest? turns into a dinosaur, fights ninjas. <laughs> Kung Fury, a truly excellent take on Kung Fu movies. Rubber killer car tire comes to life. This was a struggle for me. So, my wonderful movie ladies, what movies would you consider are so bad they're good? I would love to add your shite movie recommendations to our list. It feeds my soul listening in on your friendship and hearing you support one another through the trials and tribulations of life. And I love hearing your passion when you speak about movies each week. Please never stop laughing with each other. P.S. Please come and do a show in Ireland or just come to Ireland. Myself and my husband would love to take you both on a tour around Dublin and tell you all about the city's old cinemas. Lots of love. Aoife. Wow. I love that. I'm coming to Ireland. Yeah. I was going to say, do not threaten me with that shit. I will go. Don't threaten me with a good time. It's been on my list forever, but we all know the reason I ha- I have not been yet. It's because I would unite north and south through my vagina, and I don't think anybody's ready for that. <laughs> they have the hottest people in the world are from Ireland. I I'm sorry, it's just true. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let me. You've never been to Ireland, is that what you're no. just telling me? I've never been to Ireland because I know. I would leave there pregnant and having united a, a, a nation. Yeah. that It's like your sexual white whale. That but country. I, that's, I think why I waited till my mid-40s, because I'm like, well, I'm perimenopausal. I don't got that many eggs left. It's yeah. probably safe to go. Yeah. I, I. It's always hard to know what country you could really, like, score big time in. You're always big like, oh, time. I don't know. What do people in uh, Denmark think of me sexually? I don't know. Would I... Get pregnant? That's, 
there. You got to um, travel. You got to travel. But I, I know, I know for a fucking fact, based on all the Irish people I've met in my life, that I would go and it'd be like, one, you're part of the family because I can take the piss mm. like nobody's business. Yeah. Two, hottest dudes in history. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure this Velocipastor is probably smoking hot. Well, this is, this is beyond the fact that we want to go to Ireland and fuck our way through it. Ireland is, is a wonderful place. I'm so glad that you're doing this movie club, um, Aoife. I love that you and your husband have started a shite movie night. But it brings up an interesting question for me, which is, having watched a lot of the movies on this list, I think I've reached a point in life where I no longer buy into the idea that something is so bad it's good. Mm. If I like a movie, I just like it. Like yeah. Rain of Fire is a fucking good movie because it makes me laugh so hard. He's fighting dragons with axes leaping from one dragon to another. It's just a fucking fun movie, which to me makes it good. Yeah. See, yeah. Listen, you don't want to get me started on this fucking tale because, you know, as a person who studies and has, you know, written a book about cult movies and stuff, that's like the thing. Normally, I am in a very earnest mode when it comes to every kind of movie. Like, I'm just like, I don't care if it's, you know, quote unquote, like a stinker in the box office sense or not. It's uh, like, I'm kind of just into movies that I like and are entertaining. However... I will say that recently, <laughs> I was a little tested by it for two things. Because, you know, Halloween just happened. I was I went through this whole run of bad new horror that I actually talked about on oh. my Substack, where I was like, oh my God. Like, I, the, and really the reason why I thought they were bad is because they were kind of boring and didn't yeah. make sense. I mean, it really wasn't like, I can't believe there's a priest that turns into a dinosaur in this film. It was mostly just like, you know, the worst thing you can be is boring. However, I did say to my friends, because one of them, I will say, was The Exorcist, the new Exorcist movie um, that came out during Halloween. And I did tell my friends who didn't see it. um, I was like, if you want to hate watch it, I will hate watch it with you. Oh, God. Which is like the first time in a long time that I've said something like that. So, yeah. And maybe that's what Shite Movie Club is. The essence of it is like watching something that you know is going to be patently horrible, but you, you know, you almost can't believe it exists type of thing. I don't know. Yeah. Like Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Yeah. Although I think that movie is entertaining. I think it's good. Exactly. Whereas on the flip side, I think something that most people would say is so bad it's good is a movie like The Room which I just thought was bad. Like, I take no joy from that whole situation. Wow, really? I just think it's a bad movie. Yeah. And I'm like, why are people so fucking invested in this? It's just bad. It's masterfully bad. Like, it's surprisingly bad. But I find nothing redeeming about it. Well, The Room is something... Oh, my God. Don't even get me started. The Room is something that I feel like... if If it had been sort of left alone to be in its own universe of of badness maybe i could because at some point i maxed out on that movie like i'd seen it a few times and then i thought like when i first saw it i was like holy fucking shit this is like the stupidest funniest movie ever but then like 
I think what rubbed me the wrong way was that over time, Tommy Wiseau specifically was sort of trying to change the narrative about what that movie was. Right. Like, when he realized that he, you know, was had made a movie that people were watching at midnight, you know, ironically, he pivoted his whole shit and was like, well, actually, I made a cult movie. And then he, yep. like, doubled down on his kind of celebration of being this, like, bad filmmaker. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, we exactly. know your type. L.A. is full, filled with guys like you making their fucking, you know, opus and and you think it's, like, the most serious fucking piece of art ever, you know? Exactly. And you four-wall a movie theater for months on end, and that's that's what it is. So it's that thing where I'm like, I don't know. Once that started happening, I was like, I can't take this anymore. Like, I'm out with the room. Completely. You know? Completely. Um, but I don't another- think, think it's bad. Like, I wouldn't recommend it yeah. for being so bad it's good. But then there's movies like Mac and Me, <laughs> which has one of, I'm not even going to ruin it, it, has one of the most intensely crazy scenes I've ever seen in my life that is also kind of a commercial for something. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes me laugh so hard, but I think most people would consider it so bad it's good. I'll tell you right now, after getting fucking canned at TCM, the thing that I want to be remembered for is that I got Mac and Me on fucking TCM. <laughs> so... <laughs> Salute to all the classic film fans out there. Hope you fucking loved that dancing bear shit. <laughs> That's my masterwork. But um, this is a good question. And actually, the other horror movie that I had watched during um, Halloween that I was like, this is a bad film, I think, technically, is this movie called Waxwork. <laughs> Did you ever oh, see that movie, Lord. Waxwork? I think from- I remember the VHS cover. Yeah. It, it To me, it was one of those, like, USA, Gilbert Godfrey, Up All Night movies. I saw it a hundred times as a kid with my sister. And we thought it was so good. <laughs> then I, I watched it recently. I hadn't seen it in forever. It's like, and the cast is fucking unimpeachable. It's like Deborah Foreman and fucking Zach Galligan and like Dana Ashbrook from Twin Peaks. And like, you know, it's like oh my God. all these great people. And then the movie itself is kind of like a stinker. Like after watching it, I was like, wow, this is kind of a stinker. But it was, but it was also like entertaining at points. So I don't know. Maybe right. that's shite movie club material too. So there you go. Well, we hope we've given you a couple of additions to the shite movie club, but I think if you like it, it's a good movie. Yeah. And that kind of also leads into our next question. Um, but thank you, Aoife, for writing in, and we're definitely going to come see you. Yes, please um, bring us to Ireland. We would love that. Our next question comes to us in the form of audio. The subject is douchebag gatekeeping a history. What's up, queens of the film scene? I was thinking back about a date that I went on long ago where this guy told me that the only band that exists is Fish. And <laughs> as you can imagine, that date ended promptly after. But yeah, I was just thinking back on all the gatekeeping that men have done in my lifetime, telling me what media is good. And I thought you all might have some really funny and interesting insights into this question of who really gets to decide what is good when it comes to music and movies. And and does anybody really get to say what is the pinnacle of good film or music? So really funny looking back at how many times this has happened in my life. I can only imagine that you both have some great stories. All right, take it easy. You're the best. Bye. Uh, That is a great question from Face. Thank you. It was awesome. 
What do you think? I mean, this is a deep one because I think my knee-jerk reaction answer is straight white men don't get to be gatekeepers of anything anymore. Like the history is panned out to show that they are not good at it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's why we have everything happening right now, essentially, <laughs> is that the straight white men's worlds have been rocked because people are challenging their fucking knowledge and expertise on pretty much everything. Right. Um, I will say, I, w- I want to talk about this in a way that's not going to point uh, specifically at people that I have interacted with in my life about this, but... You know, for a long time, I worked in, you know, programming. And this happened constantly to me. Because at the end of the day, like, all all places are still run effectively by straight white guys, you know? And their tastes are what dictate everything that we see and we watch and everything. I mean, it's like, that's why we have to break down the doors. Because it's, like, not up to them anymore, um, but it's it, it, they are hanging on for dear life, and I'll tell you right now, as a, a a woman programmer, like trying to like create programming, you know, that is a new look into what a film can and can be, or what a classic is, was extremely hard for me. <laughs> like I've yeah. gotten to many fights with people who were responsible for my paychecks, you know? And having, you know, these moments of trying to advocate for women filmmakers, for people of color, for, you know, queer filmmakers, like, to just be like, this movie is appropriate for this, like, big time slot or this prime time viewing... And people saying, like, that's actually not true. Like, that's, you know, not a classic. Which is not a metric that I can understand. Like, there's no, like, quantifiable thing about that. It's mostly just, your taste sucks, is what I'm being told. And I'm like, that's fucking bullshit. You know what I mean? Well, and it's also this this handing down. So a lot of people think certain things, music or film or any kind of art that we're consuming, they think something is the canon or it's good or it's the pinnacle because somebody else who looks exactly like them has told them that it's good. Right. So there are a lot of people who are like, oh yeah, Rosemary's Baby is the best fucking movie. And they've never seen it. They've just been told by another straight white dude that it's the best movie. So they should believe that it's the best fucking movie. Right. And then opinions stop coming into the the picture. So when you have someone who challenges that, either another straight white man or just literally anybody else, I think that that causes so much friction for no reason because you should be stopping to interrogate Mm -hmm. and reevaluate all art all the time. Yeah. And we should be having these several different opinions weighing in on what makes something valuable to them, which I think removes the gatekeeping and removes the need to even put it in a a ranking system. Right. Just like talking about, like, so many people love this movie because it's valuable to them, or they love this music because it's valuable to them. Well, and, like, this is also the thing, too, is that, like, straight white men have made good art. They have. Like, period. I can't can't deny that. And I understand why a canon gets created. Like, I understand why people 
you know, say this band is a great band and they have influenced all these other bands and all this stuff like that. Like, you know, you take a movie like The Shining, for example. Like, I just watched that recently, obviously, Halloween, but I was like, as much as people say, you know, generally, oh my God, that's a masterpiece. Kubrick's a fucking genius and this and that. Like, you look at that sometimes now and go, okay, is that really the case? Like, maybe it's just fucking pomp and circumstance and we're just, like, regurgitating what somebody else has said, right? Like, a gatekeeper has told us that that's what is good and now I'm just following their lead. But there are times where I'm like, you know, that is a fact. I mean, I think The Shining is a masterpiece. I think it's a great film. It's made by, it's a rich text. It's very compelling. It, you know, really is an enjoyable film to watch, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But I also think there's room for other things. And like, if you're in a situation where you're like, the choices out of 10 times of, you know, playing The Shining, can we maybe like shave a couple of those off and add some other fucking things? Like you can play it five times and then give right. five other spots to other people, you know, or whatever that is, you know, just, just as an example. But it's like, the problem right now is that the gatekeepers are like, no. I'm completely inflexible about all of it. You know what right. I mean? And they're and inflexible that, about expanding their own knowledge, which is what pisses me off the most. Well, because that's their fucking, like, that is their golden goose. That is their fucking bread, is this idea of, like, well, the only reason... I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go off here, but I'm like, a lot of times, especially in the fucking movie world, it's like, the only reason I exist, the only reason that I, I have friends, the only reason I get laid, and the only reason why I'm cool is because I have the power. Right. right. To disseminate the information to all these other like hungry fucking people who just want to be cool. Yep. And, you know, that's why they hold on so tight. That's why a guy you would date face would say something asinine like Fish is the only band or is the best band. But I'm yeah, because like, I'm sure he wants to talk for the next two hours about everything he knows about Fish. Yeah. When it's a demonstration like, of knowledge that c- comes in the form of gatekeeping. Yeah. And there's absolutely no way that's even true, even if you wanted it to be. So No. Charles Mingus existed, so you can never say that. (laughs) But again, this is what I mean. Like, you have to be willing to expand your personal knowledge base. And if someone locks in on something and they're like, this is the only thing, then they've stopped learning about other things. And that, to me, instantly makes them a poor choice to gatekeep anything. Yeah. I mean, to me, I don't know. It's just, it's so wild that people have that, rigid point of view about a lot of stuff like it's one it's one thing to like you know have a have a really strong opinion about something once in a while but like to be that kind of person 24 hours a day where it's like the only band that should exist is fish (laughs) you know or like this movie is not a classic because it wasn't made by ingmar bergman or whatever it's like you know i don't know to me that's a little exhausting and limiting i think like mm-hmm. you said. And uh, it's a fucking bummer. And you don't want to date people like that. Or hang out with or talk to or work with people like that. Exactly, Mundo. So, Well, that was a great question. Thank you so much for writing in. And again, I hope we answered it in some way. Um, but like what you like. You're, you can be your own gatekeeper. Absolutely. Okay. This is a great 
great question. This is from Barb, she, her pronouns. The title of it is called Same Title, Different Movie Question. Hello, ladies. Love the podcast. It keeps me awake on my 11 p.m. drives to work and then home again at 10 a.m. Well, that plus food. Anyway, here's my question. I'm a huge fan of movies and was wondering if there are a bunch of movies with the same title, such as Black Swan, the one with Tyrone Power and the one with Natalie Portman, and one I just saw pop on the TV guide, Million Dollar Baby, the Hillary Swank one, and the Ronald Reagan one, but have insanely different plots. Would love to hear some other ones. Thanks for the laughs and the odd movie pop-ups like She-Devil. I love it. Barb. Excellent. I actually couldn't think of a lot for the for this one. Did you do you have a lot? Oh hell yeah. Answer? Okay. I cool. have at least I have at least three. Go uh, for I have it. a great two, maybe a third. First of all, Barb, you called me out so hardcore because I used to do this on TCM all the time where I would do days of like movies that you thought were this movie, but are a different one. And I programmed <laughs> Black Swan and Million Dollar Baby in the same day. So <laughs> you read me to filth. By the way, like, any, like the idea that anybody would watch the Black Swan with Tyrone Power and be like, I don't, I've never heard of the other one. That is a person I would fuck with, by the way. So immediately, right off the bat, the, the one I thought of was Crash. Oh, God, yeah. The Cronenberg one, and then the one that won the Oscar that everybody hates. Yeah. Like, those two are very different movies. <laughs> Imagine thinking you're going to see a movie about the complicated politics of race in Los Angeles and you walk into the the theater and you sit down and it's a movie about people who are masturbating about car crashes. (laughs) How do you carry on with your day or your life after that? Yeah, I I have never seen the um, 2004 crash. Nor probably would I. It doesn't seem like it. My, it's my thing at all. However, I am was really actually like I put this at the top of my rewatch list is the the Cronenberg crash because I hadn't seen it in a long time, and I I don't know if Karina Longworth talked about it during her erotic thrillers. Yeah, um, I, think, I think she did. Mm-hmm. It somehow came up again, and I was like, oh man, I gotta rewatch that. So that is at the top of my rewatch list. So that so that's my perfect example for this. Now, there's another one that I always remember too, which is Kicking and Screaming. Oh god, yeah. So there was the 1995 Kicking and Screaming and then the Will Ferrell one about the soccer games mm-hmm. or whatever from 2005. So I would say different movies there for sure. And this one, the last one, again, I don't know. This is, um, this was always a huge one for me in my teenage years. So there were two versions of Suburbia when I was growing up. Oh, yeah. There was the 1983 Suburbia with, that was made by Penelope Spheris. And then there was the 96 version that was made by Richard Linklater and I think was styled like, Suburbia or something like that. It had like Giovanni mm-hmm. Ribisi. I'll just tell you very quickly that I so when I was when I was a teenager, when I was in college, I rented like I'd always I'd I'd loved the 83 Suburbia. And then somebody was like, you know, the new Suburbia sucks because it was that whole like, hey, th- check out these like Gen Xers, like, you know, 
in the movies type of thing. Even though Richard Linklater is a great director. For some reason, I, I equated the 96 Suburbia with being bad or something. But I decided to rent it anyway. And I rented it on VHS from Videodrome, which is the, which is the um, video store in my town. So at the time, I fucking told my roommate, Laura, I was like, hey, can you return this video? Can you return Suburbia 96 to uh, Videodrome? And she was like, sure, cool, yeah. Uh, she put the fucking VHS tape underneath her car seat and then, like, forgot about it for two months or something. And then the next time I went in the Videodrome, I was with a guy, by the way, so it was very embarrassing. The fucking clerk uh, at Videodrome was like, well, your membership has been canceled because you forgot to return 1996 Suburbia and you've been charged $50 and we tore up your membership because you can't rent here because you don't return videos. And it was so embarrassing. <laughs> but even more embarrassing was the fact that this fucking, this fucking clerk was like embarrassing me about oh, the suburbia God. thing. It was like, oh, so you rented like the uncool suburbia you know, incredible at every go. level, incredible. And I hope you made your roommate pay that 50 bucks. Uh, you know what? I actually don't think I did because I'm such a people pleaser. She's great, though. She's she's still what she's still a wonderful person. I forgive you, Laura. But anyway, it's an easy mistake. Easy mistake to make. Yeah. OK, sorry. Um, you got to do another one, Danielle. With an audio. <laughs> I know I feel bad. You're reading all the ones this, the, this episode, but that's right. I love these audios. Our next question is from a Aussie listener. That's the subject. A question from an Aussie listener. Hi, girls. Just popping in to say hello and hope you're having a lovely day. I've got a little question for you. So do you have any cult Australian films you really enjoy? Something that's a bit obscure and we haven't heard of before. Now, if you ever come touring Australia, can you please pop by Perth, Western Australia? Because... We're on the other side of the country and no one ever comes to visit us. Uh, take care and hope to hear your laughter soon. All right, cheers. Bye. Oh, that question is from Natalie. And I feel like I just want to have a cup of tea and a nice nap and a warm blanket. Absolutely wonderful. Um, thank you for, for sending us a voicemail. And the first thing that came to mind for me is there's a movie called Wake in Fright. Oh, my God. Yeah, From 71. I don't know if it's considered cult. I don't know if it's even available. Um, but it's basically about a teacher that has, like, this descent into fucking crazy town because he goes on vacation and gambles away all of his money and then ends up with, like, this group of weird locals who are, like, take him out to the bush and shit happens. Oh, my God. Um, so that was the first one that came to mind, sprang to mind for me. But I was also thinking of, do you remember when we, the first time we met with Karen, our lovely Karen Kilgariff of the Exactly Right Network, she said, oh, there's this movie. We were just talking. We we're like sitting down for a meal and talking. And she said to Millie, there's this movie that I've been trying to find out the name of. I saw it like late at night on TV years ago. And she described some of it. And you instantly said the movie and it was some Australian film. And I think that's why we have our podcast today. <laughs> And I don't rem- I don't even remember the name of the movie, but you were Walk instantly about. like, oh. It was Walkabout. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's this. And I was like, I think that's why we have our podcast, because Millie's like <laughs> the best. <laughs> but I think that would also, based on what she was describing, what I then looked up about it, to me, that feels like it would also be a kind of a culty, yeah. cult classic kind of film. Well, and this is like, okay, this is also really hard, too, because I will say, I, 
I have some friends that live in Australia and they're so fucking cool that I'm like, I don't even know if I can stump Australians. Like, I feel like she said, well, let's let's find some cult movies that we've never heard of before. So I'm just like, oh, now that's pressure because everybody from Australia is just so cool that, you know, a movie like Wake and Fright is probably like, you know, something that they play on Christmas or something. <laughs> even though, Danielle, I gotta say, that was my first pick. Wake and Fright fucking rocks me. Every, like, yeah. I, was, I saw it alone on Valentine's Day. <laughs> You make weird choices, but I appreciate the stories that come out of them. I know, because I'm like, nobody wants to come see this, like, intense Australian cult movie with me that I just, and it's Valentine's Day, I guess I'm alone, and I'm just going to go by myself because I want to see this movie, because it's playing in my town. Um, I would have gone with you if I lived there and knew you at that time. Yeah. that Listen, I'm telling y'all right now, if you haven't seen Wake and Fright, you got to watch it. It is so intense, so like, there are moments of that movie that are going to be like, holy fucking shit, I cannot believe, like, the predicament of everything. Mm-hmm. Like, Donald Pleasance from Halloween, you know, you know Donald Pleasance. He's, like, the lead actor in it. It's amazing. To that point, though, I will say that there is, and again, Australian people, I'm sure you know this, maybe Americans don't, but there's, like, a whole genre of Australian cult movies that they call exploitation. And it's like basically a bunch of Australian exploitation movies that came out in the 70s and 80s. And there's actually a documentary about it that's really fun. It's called Not Quite Hollywood. Um, It came out in 2008. And it talks about all the Australian exploitation movies. And it was made by the same guy that did um, the Canon Films documentary. So it's a lot of clips. It's got a lot of great interviews. Um, So watch that, you know, if you haven't seen it at all. Natalie, but also I'm going to throw in a couple. So two that I really like besides Wake and Fright. Razorback from 1984, which is basically Mm. like Jaws, but with a wild boar. (laughs) So (laughs) a pig with teeth. Like that's Jaws, essentially. Oh, good. Um, And then this movie, which I actually think is maybe fairly unknown, I don't even know. It might not even be in the documentary. But there's this movie called Stunt Rock from 1978 that was directed by um, this famous Australian director, Brian Trenchard-Smith. Stunt Rock is ridiculous. It's like a... (laughs) It takes place in the era of the 70s where everybody was obsessed with evil Knievel. (laughs) And so there was just a ton of, like, stunt movies, like a lot of, like... That's incredible. Like a guy is, you know, like crashing cars into mountains. And so it's like, so it's, it's, it takes advantage of this like moment of our culture where we were all fascinated with stunts. (laughs) And then it adds this like really stupid, hilarious, like arena rock fucking blue oyster cult shit. And it is so weird. (laughs) And but entertaining as awesome. shit. Yes, <laughs> sounds awesome. Yeah. So, and and I know the only reason why I say it may be unknown is because it's hard to find, especially in America, or was for a long time. But those, so those are my choices for like Australian cult movies. And Natalie, I'm sure you've probably seen all of them. I don't know if I'm stumping you or anything, but th- those are what what I love and what I would pick. So and same, just as as we said with with Ireland. Um, we will come to Australia. Oh. And if I come to Australia, we are doing the whole country. So oh, yeah. do not worry. We will be in Perth. 
I'm basically going to go for a month if I ever get to go. Listen, I we just recently went on a trip to Maine. And it was the most wonderful trip. And it happened because, you know, somebody was like, hey, you should come to Maine. I listen to your podcast. So we're down. It's all we're saying. We are down to come to your town if you can help us get there, like, in some kind of administrative way. We will definitely come to Australia and Ireland. So, And this, thank you for that, Natalie. Thank you so much for for calling in. Um, and I'll read the last one just because it's short and funny. Yes. It's, yeah. And you read to. everything. I feel yeah, bad. You have to. Um, the subject of our last email is, and I didn't miss a thing. I gave one of my few blowjobs in a movie theater during Encino Man. Jen, <laughs> she, her, and then in parentheses, feel free to read. <laughs> I so many fucking questions. One of my few blowjobs ever. One of my fl- few blowjobs in a movie theater. I just love that it was during Encino Man. You're like, fuck this movie. I can't handle not hot Brendan Fraser. <laughs> no, I was going to say, Brendan Fraser rides again. What the hell? What, yeah, what was the inciting incident <laughs> that made that happen? <laughs> I instantly went to boredom, but it could have been anything. And again, like the context <laughs> of <laughs> the context of like giving a blowjob while Polly Shore is doing his audio nightmare of like the <laughs> weasel has had to have imprinted in some way. <laughs> yeah, I I've never had the the loins stirred by Encino Man in any kind of way, but Jen. Far be it for me to shame you about that. I don't know. Feel free to read is should be the name of uh, this episode. By the way, <laughs> absolutely. I just I just love it, and I think it, to me it reeks of teens boredom. This is our only chance. Like you know how like when you're a teenager and like nobody's going to leave you alone to do anything sexual. You have to find the time. Oh yeah. So it reeks to me of that, and I think it's fucking hilarious, and I just love that. You wrote in with such a simple and delightful email, Jen. Thank you so much. Yes, thanks, Jen. And thanks to everybody who um, wrote us again for this episode. And listen, if you want to email us at all, we are at I saw what you did pod at gmail.com. And as you've heard, you can send us a voicemail to play on the show. All you have to do is record a voice memo on your phone and email it to I saw what you did pod at gmail.com. Please make it 60 seconds or less. And please record it in a quiet space. Also, please find us on our socials. We are at Isopod on Instagram and Twitter X and Blue Sky. Uh, we've got merch, so go to the I Saw What You Did section of the Exactly Right shop. And also, I mean, you're listening to a bonus episode right now. They drop on the main feed every third Thursday of the month. The old bonus episodes are trickling out constantly. And they're just a beautiful walk back in time for us. So check all that stuff out. They're usually on a Wednesday, by the way. So check out the bonus. Danielle, as always, a fucking pleasure doing this podcast. Such a pleasure. I'm sorry we've been so fucking horny this bonus episode, but also I'm not. I'm a 46-year-old <laughs> woman. I'm not apologizing for talking about the Aflac duck doing Listen, some business. Feel free to read should get <laughs> tattooed across our knuckles. 
That's our next podcast. <laughs> bye. Love you. Bye. This has been an Exactly Right production produced by Casey O'Brien. Episode mixing and theme music by Tom Bryfogel. Artwork by Garrett Ross. Our executive producers are Georgia Hardstart, Karen Kilgariff, and Daniel Kramer. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at IsawPod. And you can email us at IsawWhatYouDidPod at Gmail. Follow I Saw What You Did on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate and review the show. And visit ExactlyRightStore.com to purchase I Saw What You Did merch.